Welcome to Gather, What's Next? This is your 15-minute insight into the minds of some interesting, diverse, and inspiring people that are doing things with golf and wider industries that have innovative perspectives on what the future can look like. We kick off these conversations with two questions. Firstly, in their view, what's next for golf in their sector of the industry? Secondly, we then jump into a gather elephant in the room question, where we ask about a challenging topic or difficult question that's often talked about within the golf industry, but nobody actually really wants to deal with it. In this episode, I get the chance to speak with Dan Green, a design director and brand strategist with 12 years experience working with the world's biggest brands and businesses, including Apple and the BBC. Dan has also led brand development projects for the RNA, including the Open and AIG Women's Open. As a keen golfer, he has some fascinating insights from both sides of the coin, with a lot of provoking thoughts. And as you'll hear, going back to basics is sometimes the best starting point. Enjoy. So Dan, thanks for joining us. Jumping straight into the first question, what's next for branding in golf? Um, <laughs> that's a, it's a big question. I think um, there's lots of misnomers about the role of brand. I think that sort of almost need to be addressed before answering that kind of a question. I think one of the big things that we sort of always, I said the Royal We, the company that I work for and the, the, the various agencies that I've worked for always try to focus on when it comes to branding and positioning and all that sort of stuff is is really is thinking about the core of of the business and the brand and what they what they stand for and what they're trying to achieve positioning is kind of priority number one in that respect and I think the work that we've done together is a lot of it's been focused on positioning gather and 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 I think all brands need to take a look at that in in a lot more detail and I think if you look at the sort of landscape of golf brands whether that's kind of OEMs or whether it's sports manufacturers or courses or the PGA Tour the European Tour whoever it may be the one thing that they kind of seem to almost consistently get wrong is that they never really think about that particular thing they don't think about who they're who they're positioning themselves for beyond the kind of core audience of golf we always sort of point the finger and criticize golf for basically just being self-referential um, golf talks to golf and that it's done done pretty well historically doing that it's got a a base and it's got a kind of a very profitable model um in in certain instances that that's been maintained for a long period of time but has often been kind of unknowingly reliant on outside factors to sort of prop itself up talk we've talked about the tiger boom we've talked about the pandemic benefiting courses and golf participation being a bit of a, a smoke and mirrors to the sort of the growth of the game in a way and um i think in order for in order for golf to take the next step in terms of its identity crisis, effectively, it needs to take a look at itself and think a lot more about how it's positioning itself. I think we've, we've talked about lots of, lots of successful uh, sports brands beyond, beyond golf. We talk, we've, we've talked our sides and, and, and in quite a lot of detail with the RNA specifically around sportainment as a category. Um, it sounds kind of cheesy, but we, we people, people like the RNA and the open will quite often look to Wimbledon and look to what who they consider to be the sort of their, their direct competitors. And golf often makes the same mistake and lots of brands and lots of industries make the same mistake really is to look 
internally at their own industry at the, the, at who's doing what well and, and how they can benefit from doing something similar and the reality is, reality is if you really kind of want to bring about change within your business or within your brand or within your industry you need to look outside of it so I think that's probably the, the big next thing for, for, for branding in golf really is that it needs to have the the strength and kind of will of character to look beyond the walls of its own sort of self-worth and and look at look at the wider landscape and, and who's doing what and who's doing what well is the long answer and who do you seek inspiration from which who's doing it right in the sports world uh in the sports world in general i think one of the there's, there's sort of two standout categories or two, sorry two standout case studies that really spring to mind one is actually juventus a brand who from an identity perspective i think when they originally launched as a as a bit of a football fan and a bit of a football purist i was not actually a a big fan of the work from a kind of visual design perspective, but probably quite wet behind the ears and a little bit naive to the, the commercial decision making that goes into one of the, a project of that nature. And in the sort of six or seven years, I think maybe maybe less that since since they rebranded, I think it's been pretty obvious that the work that they've done, both visually and strategically, has fed into their ability to make some really impactful changes to the way that 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 business effectively is run and the club is run and how the club is perceived globally they've gone from being this sort of the black and white lady i think was the name i think was what uve was referred to as the black and white lady or the old lady and um they've gone from being a, a football club that's known for kind of european success into a kind of an international sports brand broken america they've looked it's kind of enabled them to make really unexpected collaborations with other brands and know that it's kit deal through Adidas has opened doors for them to work with Palace who are kind of a skateboarding and sort of street culture brand I'm not saying it was directly responsible but the signing of Ronaldo and has kind of obviously had a big impact on the way that they've been able to market themselves but the sort of street credibility of Juventus outside of football has been enormous in the, in the time since they did that their identity refresh and it seemed like everything they did around not just the visual identity but the the experience of the brand itself was all geared towards the sort of the positioning and personality that they had in mind for, for how they wanted Juventus to be perceived outside of football, the way that they've broken into hospitality and the way that the sort of purpose and personality of their identity impacts not just the way that they look or the way that they feel, but the way that they speak, the way that they act, the way that they collaborate with other brands, the way that they activate their identity around events and things like that outside of football. So it's just really clear that there's a common thread for everything they do. And the same would say for, for Formula One, again, similarly, kind of, again, quite naively, I think I was not the biggest fan of the work when I originally saw it because the Formula One logo was, was something you sort of grew up through design school reading about, um, the, the kind of the negative space treatment of that logo with the way that the F and the one integrated was always kind of something which was fawned over. So when, when they brought about change, it was kind of initially a bit of a, uh, I'm not so sure about that, but within six months um we're seeing the way that it's the way that they've marketed themselves since then the way that the brand has kind of evolved and the way that it's reflective across the experience is genuinely transformative to the way that formula one is perceived i think and um they sort of gamified what it is to be an adrenaline junkie they took all that was great about sort of arcade culture and the sort of preposterousy of how adrenaline fueled and sort of chaotic and nerdy almost formula one is and made it cool and really 
brought it to life in an impactful way. I think Wyden and Kennedy have done an unbelievably good job with their Marcoms um, in, in the time since then, both from a kind of creative perspective, from an executional perspective, the way that it's impacted the broadcast and the overall tone of Sky Sports presentation of the product has changed, I think, subsequently as well. And they just had a, it just had a massive impact. I think they had a tagline. I don't know whether or not it's a brand line or just a, a specific piece of marketing around a, a particular event, but that I always latched onto that I thought was something really powerful, which was engineered insanity. It was this sort of perfect marriage of absolute like innovation and technology in the way that the cars are engineered, that they're at the absolute pinnacle of the sport and the pinnacle of engineering. But all of it adds, adds up to just complete madness. Like it's just intense adrenaline fueled excitement. And um, I, I've always loved Formula One, but I think they've that, that the, the way that they've positioned it again to sort of reference back to my, my previous comment the way that they've positioned formula one is completely different now um there's very little reference of the past there's very little dots of the cap to, to to previous champions and and looking back at the sort of the heritage and history of formula one which golf can definitely learn from i think this golf has always dined out on its history because it has such a long and rich history it's almost an easy target and a quick win to say, okay, we need to create some content around this golf course, or we need to create some content around this tournament. Let's just tell people what happened 150 years ago. Let's tell people what happened 20 years ago about an event, which bears no, no meaning to, to the vast majority of the audience and is really just um, a bit of a pat on the back boys club, kind of a move <laughs> ultimately. And something which I think a lot of, a lot of consumers are probably pretty sick and tired of. Yeah, love it. I think the, the position and purpose is bang on. And that leads very nicely to the sort of the second question, which a bit of an elephant in the room time. In, in the industry, we always talk about marketing differently, creating brands for that new market. What's your advice moving forward when it comes to that Gen Z, Gen Z market? Because it's one that golf's starting to talk about. It's lots of people are, are chucking that phrase out there, Gen Z, Gen Z what what's going to be important um, for these brands moving forwards to try and really break through and really resonate i think i think firstly one thing we've learned through everything that we've kind of dealt with whenever we've been asked that question or whether when you, whenever we've been given that demographic to try and target is that they don't want to be targeted and they won't be targeted um they're kind of typical of of, of any generation at that age in a way in the sense that they don't want to be put into a box they don't want to be defined and described and case studied and researched and strategized they're, they're probably it's probably the smartest most marketing savvy audience there's ever been because they've grown up with the internet they've been born into this this kind of world of digital marketing where everything's super targeted and Facebook ads listen to your conversations whether they claim to or not and every brand acts like they know them and they don't so there's the kind of there's a there's a frustrating need for golf in that respect in the sense that the, the best way to target that we were well, the best way that we found to sort of speak to that audience is through a genuine tone of voice and a genuine positioning around an experience that is authentic you can't fake it 
with this audience. You can't pretend to be something you're not. You can't open a golf club that is a typical 18-hole Parkland course with your typical board of members. You can't build a golf club with that ticks all of the kind of staple boxes of what you expect a golf club to be with your sort of 50 to 70s white white stale male demographic uh, golf committee whack in sky sports a big tv and a pizza oven and expect 17 year olds to turn up and enjoy that experience it's 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 not authentic you're box ticking and um and they see through that so i think it's not an easy solve i think the, what golf gets wrong in branding is kind of holistic in a way um it's not a case of popping a nice contemporary sans serif typeface onto a bunch of pro shops and um and things like that I, I also don't think it's as simple as let people wear hoodies and get rid of the dress code because i also think that's a bit of a, a red herring i personally as a as a 16 year old starting starting golf for the first time in sort of sixth form college with my mates certainly wasn't put off by the need to wear trousers it was part of it and it part of the theater in a way and i know everybody sees that differently i'm sure there's lots of people making make golf accessible arguments that that think think fashion is is going to be a kind of a a big impacting variable in in people's uptake of the game i personally don't but then i would probably be put in a a modern day traditionalist's box in a way um i like golf course architecture i like i like a lot about golf as it is today um i'm not blind to all the issues with it but um i'm certainly not desperate for people to be allowed to wear tracky bottoms on the course just because people think it's a way of making it more accessible i think you need to stop charging 50 pound a round for mediocre golf courses and badly kitted out bars that have got knobby's nuts and lukewarm carling on tap before you can start criticizing whether or not the dress code is an affected um, an impacting factor as to whether or not people are going to go or not but we and again but we've also talked about this i don't think participation is even the problem either i think my golf club certainly um wall-to-wall bookings on the tee sheet come saturdays and sundays and it's certainly not struggling for members and certainly not struggling for people getting out on the course so it's the, the call for change i think is mostly around the demographic of golf and wanting to build towards a more democratic more authentic picture of of the uk and, and worldwide sports participants and getting more women into the game getting more young people into the game getting more elderly into the game as well like i've got like who's to say that golf courses should be lined with with 18 year olds boys and girls it's to say that it's probably one of the best sports in the world in terms of its kind of democratic participation in a way it's it's kind of fit for everyone and the idea that we should be critical of golf courses being too rich with elder elder people is kind of also not the right vibe either i don't i don't i don't see a positive to that i know this is something that you would charge in your firm an agency would charge a lot of money for but if anyone's listening to this and and they want to do a quick audit and they want to touch on those holistic points rather than just looking at so those physical brand uh, pieces like logo what what's what's that quick audit look like in your eyes um it, it's certainly not a quick one to be honest i think it it's the most difficult part and the, probably the part that people are, are least willing to kind of accept as something which needs to be be interrogated seriously um and something which is probably also 
the most one-dimensional and formulaic across across golf as a landscape is looking fundamentally at the experience um again it's what the emerging markets care the most about they're paying their own hard-earned money um to do this thing they're competing with more other kind of entertainment sources than ever before it's not just that it's not just your games consoles it's it's um like it was probably when i was a kid and golf was competing with the playstation it's now competing with social media on a scale that it's probably could have never anticipated and they need to build a significantly more compelling product it's not i don't see it being a brand question i think it's a, it's a product and proposition question which isn't unfortunately for everybody involved is not an easy solve um, but something which needs to be addressed quickly and, and very very seriously fantastic well as what's next is as close to do that's a lot of insight in sort of 15 minutes so really appreciate that dan um, i'm sure a lot of you uh, we'll, we'll catch up with Dan at some point in and outside of the community as Dan, not just being a fantastic designer, is also a very, very keen golfer. So you might see him on your fairways, but appreciate your time, Dan. Thanks for sharing all that insight. No worries, mate. Pleasure.